Welcome, Red Sox fans. Here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Welcome, everyone. The Bastards are back for this week's episode of Deep Dives. We are going to be covering almost entirely the trade deadline, what the Red Sox may or may not do. We have some possible trade targets as far as starting pitchers, a few relievers, and then a multitude of first baseman outfielders that we can plug in that may give this team an offensive boost. We are also now a part of the Minute Media Podcast Network. Joining me tonight again for this episode, Andrew Dwan, Charlie Smith. You guys ready? Stove's hot. Let's keep Let's cooking. Go. Absolutely. So here's a question at this point. As we start to break down some of the trade targets, some of the needs that this team has. We're doing better than certainly Charlie and I thought we were going to be doing, and nobody had this team certainly above 90 wins, possibly competing for the division. So here's the question. Is it going to be a disappointment at this point? Now that we're here, now that we are in the in the division lead around the 20th of July, is it going to be a disappointment if we don't win the division? Because to me, the stakes are high now to get this trade deadline right, to address the needs we have adequately and push through this final stretch. I don't think so. Um, Actually, you know, I, I can't take that back. For me, it wouldn't be, but for like the casuals and the Boston media, it absolutely could be. Just they'll be trying to push a narrative. But this is house money. No one from like 98.5 and all those other stations expected this. They expected just utter disaster. They expected Cora to get booed at every field for J.D. Martinez to continue to hit like 179. Devers to put up like 40 pounds. No, if they make the playoffs, they make the playoffs. I don't care how it is. Tampa's a damn good team. They're facing good teams like Toronto, night in, night out. So if you finish with over 90 wins, that's a hell of an accomplishment when you're playing in the AL East. I'm going to go ahead and agree, especially considering I didn't have the highest of hopes this season. Uh, We're just couple handful of wins away from what I thought we were going to hit for the rest of the season uh, in total wins. And I can admit that, and I'm still okay with the fact that I was wrong there. Um, even, you know, hindsight being 2020, uh, knowing what we know now about what this team could do, uh, will it be a shock if they hit 90? I still think it could be a little bit of a shock, sure, because we've still experienced zero major injuries and i will harp on that and continue highlighting that as many times as possible each year we always get bit once or twice by a major one this year hasn't happened yet and i even... got... oh. sorry i what about verdugo though he's been banged up since Ver... may 21st verdugo and is a pre-injury thing though 
He's he's been mm-hmm. he's been injured, and we knew about his situation. I'm talking about like the rotation. We have Chris oh, Sale yeah. coming back. Native Aldi hasn't spent any IL time. Uh, you know, we've been very lucky, very blessed. I'm knocking on wood. But even with everything that we know, I still don't think I would invest too much money um, or too much more into this just because there are a couple other teams. As you mentioned, uh, Tampa Bay is Tampa Bay. Uh, Houston and Chicago are, <laughs> well, Houston and Chicago. So um, while I'm enjoying the high right now, mm-hmm. I don't feel that we are the best team in the American League. Uh, but we are one of the better teams in the American League. See, I guess I do kind of differ from you guys. If we're going to go over the luxury tax, and it certainly looks like we're going to at this point with some of the names we're going to bring up, I think they're going for it. I really do. I think I think it would be a huge disappointment if, if we do get relegated to the wild card, possibly have to, we haven't, we haven't played a one game wild card since its inception in the, in the 2012 season. And can I, can I hop in on that really quick? Just really quick. That would actually allow us to avoid Houston in all likelihood. It'd be the worst, like hitting on 16 while the deal is shown a three, but it, it could be, it could be a move, and it would not a, like an intentional move, but it, it might not be the worst case scenario if they had to battle out in a one game, a one gamer to avoid Houston, just based off what we've seen this year against Houston. I don't think that I don't have the standings up in front of me, but I kind of expect the Red Sox and Houston to finish one two, so that would keep us away from each other until the ALCS right before the World Series. Um, the White Sox could, they're going to be getting some good players back. Eloy and that Luis Robert guy that, uh, was expected to have a, a really good season. So, so, but here's the other thing. Who's going to pitch that one game wild card? You're going to say Chris sale immediately, but I don't think you can count on that because what if game 161 is extremely important as the, the scenarios play out. So I I don't know. We'll have the luxury of, of necessarily having the starter we want in that game. Eduardo Rodriguez is a big game pitcher. So maybe that's not a bad scenario. If he gets that start, Nathan Valdi as well, but I think this team's going for it. And if the moves a big one at the deadline, bigger than what we anticipate, and then we still don't make it after we got Chris Sale back, after we battled so hard. I think it is a bit of a disappointment, and I think the stakes are high. I, I really think they need to get this right. And and if you ask me, Houston's the front runner. That's that's the boogeyman to me. Can I ask you what you your you would put the chances of them not making the playoffs are at? Can you put a percentage like missing the wild card altogether too? Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess it's a kind of a t- uh, gray area there. Yeah. But I'm just saying missing the playoffs. So missing the wild card. I would say, I would say there's probably a 40% chance we, we don't make it. 
And, oh, I'm at zero. A zero, okay. You, you really don't even think we? Oh, I, I think there's a zero percent. Well, I we was, even, I was on the spot the there. Card, Hang on. Well, okay, so <laughs> I, I'm, I'm closer to. All right. While Terry thinks about that for a moment, it's like he swore at church. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think it's forty percent. I also don't think it's zero. I really don't. And here's why. I don't think Toronto's going to end the season in fourth place because right now they're just a game behind. Um, I still think that if New York or Toronto figures it out, there is still a chance that Boston could finish in, in second or third because Tampa Bay is still doing what Tampa Bay does. I am intimidated by Chicago, intimidated by Houston. Um, you know that either the Houston Astros or the Oakland A's are going to get one of those spots. And then it's then... I'm going to say 25%. That, that's where I'm at, too. That I've just Thank you, Terry. calculated the you. scenarios as well. Yeah, because Oakland's probably getting in. If Arguably, just say we're a wild card team. We're in. Um, so we're going to be fending off Toronto, the Yankees. I'm guessing the Indians are going to be out of it by this point. I'm going so. to go back to this for a brief moment. So the AL East, I said Yankees. Terry said Rays. Uh, Andrew, you said Yankees as well. Central, Andrew and I both agreed. White Sox, Terry said Indians. The West, I went long shot Angels and, and paid for it dearly. Andrew said Astros. Terry said Athletics. Wild card, I had Indians and, let's see, Indians, A's. Andrew had Red Sox and Twins. And Terry had White Sox and Astros. Uh, I remember Terry was the only person that uh, didn't have the Yankees in there um everybody else had the yankees in there so that's that's one team but it wouldn't surprise me to see toronto just go off in august september it wouldn't surprise me uh, and if bieber comes back and the indians make up a game here or there it's not completely far-fetched i don't think i don't think the rotation that the indians have is bad and if you have plesak and you have bieber firing away you just need to win one of those next three games and you're good so I'll say 20 to 25% they don't even make the wild card. So the good news is if um, Toronto does go off and they will be the Toronto Blue Jays by that point, they will be facing the Rays, I think, six times, six or eight times. So it's kind of you know, just a battle of attrition at that point. If Toronto goes nuts, passes us, then it's us in Oakland for that second spot. That would be the most epic like comeback and collapse, though, because that's eight games with two months left. What are they now? They're are they eight? They're out? eight games. Oh, they yeah, are eight. eight. Okay, yeah, yep, that makes sense. Well, I still, again, I think the stakes are higher, and I think it's just going to feel that way the closer we get. Like the playoffs still seem like they're a lifetime away at this point because, you know, we're just over halfway. And um, so we'll see. So, all right. So let's just get into it. Um, let's start with the rotation. How active are we going to be in that, in that part of the market? I'm going to be boring, in my opinion. The 
additions to that rotation are coming within. Then they're all on rehab right now. It's Chris Sale. It's Connor Siebold. A little further behind him, if they do need one, I don't. I don't see them making a move for a any sort of starter that would, you know, just turn heads. I. I, I don't see them blowing the prospect load on that. Same. I don't think they're going to go crazy, you know, like the the types of big names that are, you know, getting kind of flirted and shopped around like the Max Scherzers and whatnot. That would have been adorable five, six years ago, but not now. Um, I do see potentially, if we're lucky, uh, and that's really only if we need it, uh, getting a lower level slash unknown person here and then figuring out the money aspect after the fact. Well, some of the names being kicked around, if you want to go to the highest end, Max Scherzer with the Nationals, they seem like they're kind of slipping out of it. Scott Boris is Max Scherzer's agent, and he wants an extension tied to the trade. A comp could be the one Verlander signed at 37 years old. That was, I think, 33 per year over two years, so 66 million that's probably the neighborhood of what Scherzer's looking for and I think that's a good contract I think Max Scherzer is going to be good for at least a few more years but that's the higher end the other part of the higher end Jose Barrios not so much for the money aspect but for the prospect hall that would be involved in acquiring him he has at least one more year of control after this so that doesn't make a ton of sense for the Red Sox If they're looking at mid-level guys, John Gray, Herman Marquez, both ironically actually play for the Colorado Rockies. I don't think that makes a ton of sense either because you have Tanner Houck that's going to slot into the rotation most likely. And are either of those guys an upgrade over Tanner Houck? We We haven't seen them on a stage that has more than 36 people at that stadium. So I'm passing on that. I, I don't come in, you know, from my Denver knowledge, they have no idea what the hell they're doing out here. Uh, they have to move Trevor story. I think he's bound for the athletics, but they also did just say, we're not going to be the um, talent development pipeline or something like that for other teams. So I think they might be stubborn and just lose these guys for nothing. I think Marquez has some more, uh, more years on the back end, but Gray, who should, who's, I mean, free Gray at this point. I I would love to see him in Boston. I don't think it's going to happen though. He's a bit of a wild card though, from a performance standpoint, he's just hot and cold and. Yeah. He, he has to get the hell away from elevation and has to see what he's got. Someone, someone's going to take a real good gamble on him this off season. And he's one of my off season targets for this team. Really? Wow. It's interesting because Gray, oh man, I remember a couple of years ago when he almost struck out 200 guys and everyone was like, oh my God, he's doing so well, but his ERA is over five and he just can't seem to stay healthy because he had a couple of seasons after that year where he, um, I think it was last year, last year too, didn't, couldn't stay healthy. And the year before that had multiple injury problems and before the, the crazy year injury problems again. So this is his first real healthy season in like four years. So that's another thing to consider. He's still not 30, but he's on the wrong side of 25. 
So do you really want to go crazy for someone that has 50 career wins? I just, uh, he's fallen off cliffs. He's gotten hurt. I think he was so bad at one point. He got optioned to the minors a year or two ago. I just, I'm just, is he an upgrade over some of the guys we have? I just. No, this would be if we had like four guys on the DL. Yeah. There's, there's no reason to bring him into the mix. All right. So we all agree the Red Sox most likely won't be active in the starting pitching market. And when Sale and Hout come back, I mean, who's your odd two out? We talked about Garrett Richards in the last episode. Perez could be out. You know what? Let's, Perez. It could be Perez. I, I could see that. Absolutely. Let's get into the bullpen now. And before we discuss names, let's kind of use those two names Richards and Perez, do they have value in the Red Sox bullpen? Because a guy like Rios, okay, you can switch him out with Richards, for instance. But we've got some guys on the farm that could get called up that would probably be better than Richards or Perez in that role. We're pretty deep. Um, I absolutely think that either of those guys would have value because I think they'd be replacing Matt Andrews and you could trust them more than him. And if a guy like Nick Pavetta just doesn't have, you know, his pitches on that day, or if Chris sale can only go four plus innings and you don't want to burn Hauk or Whitlock for two or three, you bring those guys in. You don't think twice about it. Both their contracts have uh, very low options next year. So you just throw these guys into the fire let him take one for the team and get you get you to the ninth inning while saving your bullpen. So I do think that their arms have value in a role that isn't a high leverage situation. I'll say Perez, yes, Richards, no, but that's just because I'm not a Richards guy. I don't think Matt Andrews is going to find his way back into the rotation anyways, or, or not rotation, but bullpen. Um, I think that that experiment has now ended. Um, Rios, I'm also whatever on him. So if you want to get rid of both, I'm totally cool with that. Eventually, we're going to have to figure out what to do once Brazier gets back. Um, and uh, I mean, I'm, I'm completely okay saying bye-bye to Matt Andrews, bye-bye to Rios. Um, and uh, if we have to do something with Richards, I understand. I appreciate it. You know, like, thank you for, for doing what you did here so far, but just wasn't a good fit. Perez in the bullpen, I completely could see being a fit. And then, you know, once Brazier comes back, that's it. I mean, I'm going to keep harping on that. That's another good point. I mean, he seems to be – I don't think he's cleared concussion protocol. So, at some point – I think he – they don't even ask Cora about him at this point. They, Bloom has done so many interviews lately. I don't think anyone's even brought up his name. I, I, I've closed the book on him at this point of the, of the season. There's just – there's been nothing, nothing about him. Fair enough. So let's let's get into some of the names. Dave O'Brien on Nesson just tonight kind of teased Craig Kimbrell possibly coming back. And you see that name kicked around on social media and whatnot. 
arguably he's going to cost the most as far as prospects go. And it was a bit of a roller coaster during his tenure here. You can't say that it was a failure, but what you can say is he was the only Red Sox closer in the World Series era who was not trusted to get the final three outs of the World Series. So I just don't think a reunion makes a ton of sense, and I don't really want to relive that. There's money involved, which carries into next year, and then the price tag's going to be high as far as the prospect package. I think that's a, a long shot. The reason why he's not coming back to Boston is since May uh, May 28th, he's given up one hit. <laughs> wow. One hit. His ERA is microscopic, 0.52. There is absolutely, unequivocally, no way he's coming back to Boston. In 34 and two-thirds innings, he has 60 strikeouts. He's given up one home run. He's only had two earned runs this year. I mean, this is as as close to not happening as possible. I, that's just a whole boatload of no. So I don't think he's coming back, but I do disagree on the return it's going to cost for him. He's due a lot of money this year and next. He's due $16 million guaranteed next year, and the Red Sox just gave Matt Barnes uh, a nice little uh, – actually below market value raise. So I, I don't see them getting Kimbrell a team like the Rays. It was, it would actually make sense for them to go out and absorb that contract and not give up too much in return. But unless the Cubs are going to eat a substantial amount of next year's deal, I don't think they're going to get the return back that they would get in a pre COVID kind of uh, situation. I mean, that's a, Sixteen million, though. I mean, that's the going rate for a all-star, surefire Hall of Fame level closer. Right, but, but is this year an anomaly? Like he's he's been really bad since you know he lost the job to Chris Sale. He he's been really bad until this season, and he's going to be thirty-five next year or 34, 35. I don't know that. That's a lot of money on the back end of your bullpen for for a team to take in. What's crazy is that uh, in 2019 and 2020, he had thrown 36 innings and had 58 strikeouts. So far this year, he's already got 34 and two thirds and already has 60. So he's done. He's pitched a little bit less, gotten a little bit more uh, success. The walk numbers are down. The strikeout numbers are way up. Um. I, I do think it would still cost a lot. And I understand where you're coming from because he is going to be expensive. And the, the going rate is, I'll say subjective, because there are some teams that way overpay for closers. And there are some like the Red Sox that didn't have to pay that much. Like we really got a bargain out of Barnes. So thinking about the team, trying to make it work. And I, I commend him for it. You know, thank him for it. It's too short of a deal for it to be a massive risk, though. Like you're, we're not taking on the Stanton contract or, you know, that's an extreme example anyway, but, but if a team gets burnt on it next year, I don't know. I I don't think it's, he's going to a, a, I think he's probably going to Houston. If you ask me, 
I mean, that's a team that has the need and and they traditionally don't have a very good bullpen. So to be able to bump Presley back down to the eighth inning, insert Kimbrell into the ninth, I think that's where he's going. You think their uh, associate GM is going to get drunk and yell, I'm so glad we got him, I'm so glad we got him. <laughs> uh, he's fi- He got fired, I'm pretty sure, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, he is long gone. Yeah, yeah, he was a douchebag. But um, yeah, I, I think, I think it's going to involve a a top five or or at least a top ten prospect with one or two mid levels in there. And but I, we all agree it, it won't be the Red Sox. And I don't think Bloom is ever going to be the type of executive that really spends a ton of money on on the bullpen i think he's he just prefers to develop and and go that route yeah he sees the guys that can just be moved in for a dime a dozen hell we saw him go after colin McHugh last year and it didn't work out due to a myriad of reasons. And now he's one of the best relievers on the Rays. This guy has been lights out lately. I don't know if you've looked at his stats. He's been absolute nails. So, yeah, he look at it up. It, it's crazy good. And he's why pay more than, you know, five, six million dollars? I think Ottavino was an exception with, uh, you know, getting him from the Yankees, the Yankees eating, eating some salary and getting him like a mid prospect back. I there's too many players that can be moved into those roles for it to be worth to blow your load at like 60 million over like four years on the free agent market. Agreed. So a couple other guys uh, certainly won't cost uh, a fraction of that really, as far as uh, salary goes, Richard Rodriguez He's with the pod, uh, excuse me, the Pirates right now, and he's controllable through 2023. Andrew, you mentioned Scott Barlow, who has at least one or two years of control uh, beyond this year. Yeah, I think he's my favorite get. Um, there was, there's just something about him. Anyone that comes up in the LA system, I trust. And Scott Barlow, he's got three more years left. He's going to cost a little bit more. He's really coming into his own this season, but the Red Sox and Rays or Royals have scouted each other extensively. Talents come from Kansas City this past year. Uh, I, I do think that if these teams wanted to work together, they could get it done. Um, I think maybe they could even piggyback it on a guy we'll talk about later to make it a little bit of a bigger deal with some more money that might lower the price in terms of return. But he'd be my guy. And that's, I, I just, we've seen the baseball savant like darlings be the ones the Red Sox have gone after. And his velo is great. His spin rate's pretty darn good for nowadays. Guys aren't barreling it up against him. The exit velocity isn't high. I, I think he'd fit right in without demanding a, high role you don't have to worry about an ego and be like well no matt's our guy you know auto is our eighth so I, I i think he'd be a really good fit on this team 
But will it be a priority, though? Will the bullpen be a priority? I mean, we're talking about having to possibly squeeze Perez and Richards in there at some point. Prior, priority, no. Luxury, yes. Okay. And I think, I think that, I think, well, I, I'm saying I think the bullpen is more likely than starting pitching. Oh, I agree. And with I don't that. think either is a must. I agree yeah. with that. I'd say it's second, second tier at this point. Okay. Charlie, any more thoughts on the bullpen? If they end up adding anything, I mean, Andrew's already mentioned this before uh, on, I think, multiple shows in the past as well. They're going to have to be very cautious because of how much money they're they're going to be willing to blow to go over that threshold. And it doesn't matter if you go over by a penny or you go over by $10 million. If you're going to go over it, you might as well go over it and, and get all the toys that you want. Is this a team that... Can we really expect Heim Bloom to do that? I just don't. And I think that it's going to be all within that uh, any changes get made. It'll be little to no additions. And I think a large reason for that being is because the bullpen has done very well. You see Adam Ottavino and Matt Barnes, for example, they have matching ERAs at 2.54 right now after the the wrap of the uh, Yankees series. Uh, or sorry, the uh, Blue Jays series. Um you have Garrett Whitlock with a sub two ERA. Like you have a good bullpen right now. I know there are going to be other teams that are going to, they're going to go way over. And I just don't think the Red Sox are going to be one of the, one of those teams that need to prove anything as far as the bullpen's concerned. I think there are a couple other positions that they would need to prioritize. All right, so it sounds like we're all sort of in agreement that we're looking for a bat this year, which is weird because when was the last time we did not prioritize pitching? (laughs) So ideally, well, first base is a glaring hole. We could probably trade for an outfielder and make it work. Let's... Let's start this part of the team a little bit differently. This part of the trade market. Uh, Andrew, who who do you like? Who Who's a guy that you like? So with first base, and I, I don't think they're going to go outfield. So I'm going to stick strictly with first base here. I think there's two guys that stand out. Um, there's a third, but I'm going to get into him later. And they're both lefties. It's going to be... The name everyone wants is ex-Red Sox that we traded, unfortunately. That's Anthony Rizzo. I don't know how motivated the Cubs are going to be to move. I think they're going to move two of their big three, Rizzo, Baez, or Bryant. Um, I don't think Rizzo is going to cost as much as it seems on the surface if we wait to the last day. I don't think there's much competition out there for uh, first baseman market. And then the second one, um, as I alluded to earlier, would be a Royals player. That's Carlos Santana. He has money due to him next year, which I'm not a huge fan of because I am a believer in Tristan Cautious. But that we can cross that bridge when it comes here or when we get to it. But those are two lefties that are willing to take a walk, can play solid defense when it comes to Santana. Um, those are two options that I would like to see them kick the tire on. 
And Santana's got ten and a half coming to him next year. Maybe we can work something out with Kansas City. But those are my two two main guys. We're talking about breaking the bank if we're going to get Rizzo. Rizzo's making over sixteen million this year. Um, and what's the package like that going to cost? And if we're already going to break the bank, why not get Craig Kimbrell? I mean, if if we're going to go over, then why not just go belly up and just let's go for it? I don't I don't see. I personally would love to see Anthony Rizzo come back to Boston. I re- I really would. And by come back to Boston is because that's where he started his whole his whole career. Um, it's I just. Oh man, the amount of money that it's it would cost, or picks that it would cost. Thank God it's not Dave Dombrowski saying, "Yeah, sure, we'll give you the farm for Tyler Thornburg," which is just stupid. I don't think it would be uh, crazy. But what are we going to be getting back from Rizzo? He's not. You know, we, we've we've talked about this. This is the the nostalgia of Anthony Rizzo. It's not the the clout top three first baseman in the national league Rizzo. Uh, uh, it's, it's interesting because it, you've mentioned it yourself. We have players that are doing really well now playing the new first base position that have been converted to playing over there. So are you, are you adamant that you want to have Anthony Rizzo over your guy, Franchi Cordero or over Bobby Dahlbeck? Because for me, I feel like, we're going to figure out an option at first base. We don't have to break the bank um, to get somebody like Rizzo. I think there are going to be some more affordable options out there. Um, We've talked about Jesus Aguilar. I would love to see Aguilar. Red Sox and, uh, you know, Red Sox and Padres World Series would be interesting just to see Manny Machado and him meet again. Uh, I think that'd be very, very interesting, but I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I just think the cost of, of Rizzo would be too high, ultimately. I, so I got to say, I really don't think the, that Rizzo is going to cost too much at the end of the day. Uh, baseball trade values has him at a nine and a half and has Dahlbeck at 11 for future because because of future uh, value there. OK, and what's your what's your trade for Rizzo? I don't know. I don't know what the Cubs need. I, you'd have to take at least one or two guys off the forty. I don't know if I give up Dahlbeck for him. To be quite frank, I'd you rather really see like Dahlbeck. I'd rather see Dahlbeck go to Worcester than I'd, I'd rather see him go to uh, to Chicago. Sox stats had a stat earlier that I think he's forty eighth in the league on uh, barrels this year, which. He's he's not having it this season, Dahlbeck. There's no, there's no argument with that. He's been really not great, but nope. the potential's yeah. still there. And I think Chicago would ask for him back. I, I just think when you get to the eleventh hour of the trade deadline and Chicago's staring at paying Anthony Rizzo eight million dollars to finish the season while they just squander in second to last place in the inept Central. I, I don't know if they're going to want to do that, and they might do Anthony Rizzo a favor and move him. Okay. Anthony Rizzo, I mean, the audience knows. They've listened to the last two or three episodes. He's my number one pick, the guy I want the most. I could care less if I if Bobby Dahlbeck ever plays another game in Boston, and that's not going to surprise either one of you that that's where I stand on him. 
I just think with Casas coming up, I'm still kind of assuming Devers is a part of the long term. I'm, I'm not 100% sold on that, but but for now, I, I have him as my long-term third baseman. His defense has improved immensely over the last couple months. So you just figure Casas at first, Devers at third. Not sure about the middle infield. Is Bogarts getting extended? Is he opting out? Do we hang on to Jeter Downs and not trade him in the future or whatever? The, the middle infield's a little bit unsettled, but... I just don't think Bobby Dahlbeck has a future. So I would include him in, in the Rizzo trade to, to avoid trading other valuable pieces, whether it's arms that the Cubs might want instead. And when, even if Rizzo's having a down year, you could still see the Jason Bay effect with him getting hot the last couple of months and just really putting us over the top offensively. First base has been a black hole for this team all year. I mean, Dolbeck hasn't really worked out. Chavis has had a couple of cups of coffee. I have no confidence in Christian Arroyo after praising him, thinking he could be the breakout player. For the Red Sox, I have no confidence in his ability to stay healthy. Yeah, he's been unlucky, but I also think he's just not durable. And I think Rizzo would be a good option. Like Charlie, I do like Jesus Aguilar. I think that's a mid-level guy who really shouldn't cost even a top 15 prospect, I wouldn't think. And like we said in the before we came on to record this, nobody else besides us is really looking for a first baseman. Nobody, yeah. nobody needs a first baseman. So, so the, the price tag should not be very high in terms of dealing prospects. Aguilar has either one or two more years of arbitration eligibility. So he adds a little bit of value there. Um, that would be the real major difference. And I, I know. I completely understand where you're coming from. Rizzo could be that Jason Bay guy for the next couple of months, but has he really shown that over the last couple of years? Hasn't he regressed to the point of being a good first baseman, but not the elite first baseman? I think he's. I think he's in Group B for first baseman in Major League Baseball right now, or but High B. He's. I think 31 years old. Actually, in August he turns 32. So he could still get a, a three to five year deal this winter. So there's going to be a lot of motivation for him to to go on that run. You know, I, I mentioned the Jason Bay effect. What if it's the what if it's the 2017 JD Martinez Arizona Diamondbacks effect? That's probably extreme, but I just feel like he's got the personality and. It, your your lineup is just a lot more balanced at this point. Where does where does Rizzo slot in? Do you think, Andrew? Seventh. Seventh. Okay, so it is that far yeah, down. I, 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 yeah, I mean, I don't see him. He's not going to take over the two hole if Verdugo's healthy. He's not going to take over three, four, five. 
the way Renfro's swinging, he's not going to take over sixth. So right. I, I do think seventh. And that the reason I would rather have Aguilar's bat in the lineup, but I think they would rather have a lefty. I saw that's, him getting that's the reason I was, uh, I had, sorry, I had Rizzo over him. I, I completely understand because I was like, well, he's not going to be in the top four. That's not happening. That's just, that's just no. Uh, I, I was thinking fifth or sixth, and, and then you try to figure out what to do with, um, with Renfro, but seventh isn't bad. It's not a completely far fetched thing. Had Andrew said third or fourth, I was going to say, hmm, so then what's going to change? Because everything's going to change if that's the case. I think that's like the one area that you don't have to worry about changing or moving because it's already been settled. Um, so seven, not far off. I, I literally had him fifth, sixth. Well, I think Alex be- Verdugo is a wild card here because he, he did get bumped down when Cora was trying to shake it up. and I- So he was, what, sixth the other day? Sixth, is that what yeah. He was? Yeah. So then you had righty Renfro, Renfro seventh, lefty. Oh my God! So he's eighth. <laughs> I think right? if you if you take Verdugo out, well, you, you can bump everybody else up one. But then it's well, kind of weird having JD in the two hole, I guess. But... Well, he Renfro wouldn't be out though. No, but he... Verdugo Verdugo wouldn't be out because you could have Rizzo eighth. And you could still go your left, right, left, right, whatever. And because then you have Vasquez hitting ninth, which actually I think would be really good for him. Well, you would have Renfro. If you bumped everybody up one, Renfro would be fifth, and then you'd go Rizzo sixth, I would think. But... Oh, I was saying keep Verdugo at. Cause did, oh, right. Keep him bump... at two? Was well, that your what... scenario? Oh, yeah, it's kind of tough. Yeah, damn it. Yeah, you're right. So I'm trying to work Duran in there, but that doesn't work with uh Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. I don't know. It's it's tough. <laughs> he's back half, it's, back third. It's, it's what he would be. It's tough to to slot him in, but I think he would be a, a definite difference maker. So we can probably rule out Chris Bryant. He'd be on the other side of the infield, and if we're not looking for an outfielder, no need for him. I think He's got Mets written all over all over him. Though he does play first base, but I don't. I he was my preseason target. I don't think it's going to happen though. I it would love it, but it's way not too much, it. way too much. And we also, again, we don't need him unless he's going to all of a sudden become a first baseman. He he's played twelve games there this year, we'll right? That. But is that where you would want him to play? No, 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 not at all. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> so there's really there's no need to get him either. Trevor Story, same thing. No, no spot for him. I guess you could make a case maybe for second base, but I don't think Bloom's going to give up that type of a haul for a rental like him. Here's here's a scenario. I want to throw this out here just to see if you do it. I don't even know how I feel about it. Would you put Jaron Duran in a trade package? For Trey Mancini. No, he'd be, I wouldn't do it for a rental at all. And Mancini is not, doesn't move the needle enough for me. If you've looked at Bloom articles that have come out the last few days, he said he's be, he'd be willing to make moves this deadline that wouldn't just be for this year. He's looking forward. And I, Duran is definitely part of that. And his value would be higher in the offseason than it would be right now. Well, if Durant's, we're inclined to trade him. Duran's one of his guys, T. 
Duran's one of his boys. Well, he doesn't sort want to get of. Rid of yeah, his boys. he didn't. He didn't draft he him, be... but no. Um, with Mancini, I mean, he is controllable through next year, so I guess he would be a long-term rental uh, more than anything. But Baltimore would be screwed from an optics perspective of getting rid of a guy like that after everything that he's gone through. Those transgressions, holy crap, man! Does I mean I Trey I Mancini want to win though? It's not happening in Baltimore until he's like close to his mid thirties, but. I'm just, it's just a, a scenario. I, I like the versatility because he could be first base. He could be in the outfield. Our, you know, our outfield offensively has been kind of up and down. You know, Renfro, slow start, had a great month in June, cooled off a little bit, but maybe might be heating up again. Verdugo, I don't even know what to make of this kid. He's 25 years old, not durable. I'm completely convinced he's not a long-term guy beyond his current deal. I don't think the Red Sox are going to try to lock him up long-term. And then Kike short-term as well. So I just, it's an interesting, I just thought it might have been an interesting scenario. But, I mean, he's Wouldn't that be all the more reason to keep Duran then? You would have long-term depth, yeah. You just, how how bad do we want to win this year? And into next year as well. So I I think Mancini, I mean, he's a 3,100 guy for the most part. Well, he, he hit 24 home runs in 2017, 24, 2018, 35 in, in 2019. But I, I think that's closer to where he would be. And like I said, I just, I love the, the versatility. Oh, and he's going to cost a, a significant piece. So we we don't know what Duran is either. And when you look at this year, it's been a tough year for prospects. Jared Kalenic, terrible start. Um, Brian Hayes was injured in Pittsburgh. He had a home run, I think, in his first at-bat. He missed some time. He's not the only one. Um, yeah. A couple uh, – Kalenic was, was one – Wander Franco. Yes, that was my like other gang, one. Yeah, yeah. Wander Franco started off like gangbusters and then and then just blew. And then um oh god, there's a second baseman uh Nadal What team? Oh god. Um it's not Miami. Give me 2 seconds, I'll find him. Okay. So, I just I'm not entirely convinced that Duran is going to live up to the hype. That being said, I'm not like hardcore. Like I said, I, I didn't even know how I felt about this scenario, but um, do, do I kind of want to see Duran work out as well? Yes, I do. I'm just after the Dahlbeck experiment and seeing some of these other guys we just mentioned not get off to a great start. I'm just wondering how long is it going to take Duran to reach that level? Go ahead, Charlie. Guy's name was Vidal Brujan from Tampa Bay. That oh. was the second baseman that they brought up. They they just casually brought up their like second best option. Um, and, and that was the thing, too. Wander Franco, before they brought him up, they brought up another cat. He was also good. Sent him down, brought up Franco, and then Brujan literally has almost the same batting average as Kalenic, .095. And he just got optioned down. Right. So 
Yeah, j just a scenario, but uh, any other names in there that we should mention? I, I guess Mitch Haniger could be a, a, a potential target that won't cost I think much. he's going to cost – I think he costs more than any of these guys. He's got really low arbitration number for next year, and he's raking. So I, I, I don't know if Seattle is super inclined to move him, and if they do, it's going to be at their price. So he has one more year beyond this one? Okay. Yeah. I, I thought he was actually a rental, so that's why I threw it'd him be, in there. It'd be interesting to see him actually play because uh, Mr. Bustinut, I remember I had him on my fantasy team two years in a row, and he just couldn't stay healthy. He was one of the most highly touted cats in Seattle, and uh, he had a ruptured testicle, and that's what put him on the <laughs> IL Jesus because Christ. he took – he took a foul ball off of a nut and that <laughs> ended his season. Like it was the worst. It it was it was so bad. Honestly, I don't know if you guys recall this, but Gary Sanchez a couple years ago, I know it sounds funny, but it hurts. Gary Sanchez took a foul ball yes. off of the nut. And I, I just remember I forget who was pitching, but his facial expression was just painful. Like he could feel that. Um, I honestly didn't know what was going to happen with Mitch Haniger, but this year he's, uh, Andrew's been right. He's been raking. He's hit 20 home runs for the second time in his career. He is 30 years old, did not play last season. And the year before that he did struggle and then was injured. Uh, this is literally his first really great year since 2018. So question then becomes, can he add stolen bases back to his ordeal? Or is this just going to be a standard right fielder who can mash and that's it, like a Jay Buhner type guy? And that's what Jay Buhner was when he was in Seattle, mashing home runs left and right, didn't steal bases, hit for decent average, not really, and that was it. And I'm pretty sure Jay Buhner also played right field, or, uh, right field way back in the 90s for Seattle. One last name and then we'll wrap. And this is, I think, potentially the most unrealistic name of them all. But can a case be made for Josh Donaldson at $22 million over the next two years, per year for the next two years? To play where, though? It would be first base, and then if JD opts out, then maybe a little bit more flexibility. Maybe you flip him in the offseason. I, I don't know. Oh, I don't know if you get that's kind of a poison contract at this point. He's been really bad the last few years. Oh, has I mean, he? Yeah. Oh, he I thought he, he was his last year in Cleveland, he was the last time he hit over well, he hit two eighty. He, he didn't play two, he didn't play though. He only played a couple games that year. Was that what it was? Right. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he had is. a small sample size. Uh, that's right. Well, yeah. I then, thought he was off to a good start this year though. He's hitting two fifty one. Yeah, and he's do, he's doing okay. He started fine. No, I I would want it. No, I would. Uh, they would have to eat so much of that contract. They'd yeah. Have to eat, what is it? Twenty twenty one a year? You said they'd have to eat seventeen for me, and I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I mean he's almost a two WAR this year. His OBP is over a hundred points higher than his batting average, and only fifteen dingers, but. So, I mean, I from a performance standpoint, I, I don't think it would necessarily bite us, but I think the the overall balance of his contract does make it uh, 
you know. Has he ever played first? Because, I mean, if we looked at another Arroyo situation, you know, like a guy walking over there trying to stretch and then yes. all of a sudden he got dead. He, he has? He, he's, he's, he's got limited experience. If you go back to his time in Oakland and Toronto. Uh, he's got he five games throughout his career. Uh, uh, yeah, not much. Not <laughs> much. You know, not much. Kenny he's got Gold. his main games in a shortstop. As he yeah, does. yeah. Right. So I don't want to see him there unless we have no choice. But I still can't justify the 21.5 per, per for the next two years. And then he's got, I think, an eight million dollar buyout. Is that correct? Oh, is it? That's ugly. Eight yeah. million dollar buyout, twenty twenty four. All right, cancel Donaldson. Cancel Donaldson. <laughs> there it is. I like Josh Donaldson a lot too. So that, nothing to do with him. It's all about that contract for me. Okay. I'm sad that you guys didn't get amped up about my Mancini scenario, but <laughs> um, but that's fine I got too. Amped up. I mean, I Rizzo's up, Rizzo's but... my guy though. That's uh, that's where I'm hoping uh, Bloom uh, focuses on. But what what if he does blow you away with a big arm or something? I don't know. Like how how crazy does he want to get? Like he wants to impress the league. I think he wants. To, I like, think his. I think he's gonna go nuts in the off season. I really do. I think he's gonna have added another top twenty-five prospect in Marcelo Meyer, who's in Boston today, by the way. And the farm system's gonna be top ten. He's gonna be coming off a ninety-something uh, win season, which no one saw coming. Probably exec of the year, and they're gonna have a ton of money to spend. All those people that haven't been playing with them, all their money is gone. I, I really think we're going to see once the CBA is figured out some wheeling and dealing and him uh, setting up for some, some pretty big dominoes to fall this year and next. Yeah. The best thing that could have happened to the Red Sox was last season. As sad yep. as it was, was all of those opportunities to like move, move players. It's been slow and it was highly unexpected, but you know, we're, we're starting to come to fruition. Terry, I don't want you to think I hated the, the, the Mancini move. It's just it would uh, it would it would be bad for Baltimore, and I think that would be bad for baseball because Mancini is a is a fan favorite down there. He's losing I'd is sad though. though. Losing is so sad. It is. Um, all right. I thought I had the one other comment on that, but I just totally drew a blank. But I guess uh, regardless, we will be back in a week. At that point will be let's see i don't even know the schedule next week we'll be three or four days away from the trade deadline let's put it that way yep and so we'll maybe some of these names will be off the board maybe some there'll be some cryptic hints over where bloom might go who knows but we'll be back to cover it and don't rule out an emergency episode if if a move does happen because uh, we will certainly come on that night to discuss it so it's one of the more fun times of year if you're a baseball team that's contending and we are so we'll uh we'll be here uh whenever the news breaks to go over it so and the next scheduled show sunday night and that will uh recap the yankee series and what all went down against them take care